Welcome everybody to the Ride In NFL DFS podcast, the conference championship edition. Two games that I'm, you know, looking forward to watching. I think uh, the Titans are very intriguing. I, I mean, you know, this game has a 51 and a half point total. The Titans are seven and a half point dogs. Normally, you would think that phases out the running back in Derrick Henry, who doesn't really see many targets in the passing game. Um, However, Tennessee has shown a propensity to just feed him the ball despite the score. Um, Maybe they can keep it close and just keep feeding him. Or maybe this is the week where, you know, he gets a few more targets, right? So a lot of times they'll set up like a throwback screen for him. But by no means does he see volume targets um right but I mean this week if they're down two touchdowns or so they're not just gonna trot Deion Lewis out there for every play um so maybe he sees a few more targets than normal um or maybe they keep it close really when you're creating your lineups you kind of have to project how the game is going to go and then create your lineups that way so as far as this game goes as a whole, I will have... Patrick Mahomes is going to be my most owned quarterback. He will be the most owned quarterback on the slate. If you're trying to be overweight on Patrick Mahomes, you'll probably have to have over 50% of him, I would imagine. Um, he is just... And here's the thing. The salaries are dispersed enough that I don't think you know he's going to be extremely high on like 75% or anything like that like I think it was the first week the wild card round like every quarterback was within a few hundred they were all like between 62 or at least all the playable ones were between 6200 and 6800 or something like that Um, so you could really just pick your favorite and that's kind of what happened with Drew Brees But in this instance, I think we're going to see a lot of people or a lot of constructions land on um, the other three quarterbacks, you know, in in half the lineups. I think Patrick Mahomes will be in half the lineups. I think the other three quarterbacks will make up the other half of the lineups in multi-entry tournaments. Um, But basically, the thing is, you know, with Jimmy G being down in the 5Ks, Ryan Tannehill being down in the 5Ks, and even Aaron Rodgers being 6,100, DraftKings is kind of daring you to to play a different quarterback. And I think that's fine, especially um, with the way construction is on a two-game slate. Um, it might, you know, Patrick Mahomes may outscore every other quarterback by seven or eight points or something like that. But you needed to roster the cheaper quarterback to get, you know, Derrick Henry, Devontae Adams, and George Kittle, let's say, in your lineup because those three go absolutely bonkers and it really doesn't matter that you have Patrick Mahomes as the top scoring passer because he didn't separate himself like the players at the other positions did. So with that said, um, I still will be on Patrick Mahomes. I think it's a good spot to get him at in a game where... You know, the Titans 
defense has they played well. They've what they've really done is limited offensive possessions um, really well throughout the postseason. So, you know, we have to figure out a game script. If you think that they are going to do that again, then it's probably wise to not load up on Kansas City Chiefs, right? You're obviously going to go Derrick Henry in that situation if you think they're going to grind out the clock and Henry's going to have success and they're going to own the time of possession. And then you might, um, you know, get in a, a few skill pieces of the Chiefs, Damian Williams and Travis Kelsey, or Damian Williams and Tyree Kill, or Damian Williams and one of the ancillary pieces of the Chiefs offense, but I don't think that's a good uh, spot to game stack the Chiefs. Now, if you think the Chiefs are going to have success and be really efficient, and it doesn't really even matter how well the Titans do on offense, and this game turns into somewhat of a shootout, then I think we can really ratchet up with the Chiefs. Um, As far as the Chiefs players go, obviously, I told you I love Patrick Mahomes. It looks like Damian Williams is the clear-cut number one running back going forward. We were kind of fooled with the fact that some people thought LaShawn McCoy was being saved for the playoffs. It looks like he's just not going to be a factor. Um, Really, I mean, Damian Williams was in for 62 of 64 carries last week. So that is, you know, kind of just a telltale I'm in a little bit of rush hour jam here, so one second, my friends. Um, So that's just a little bit of uh, an indication of what they're going to do going forward. I think Damian Williams is going to see all the carries. He was way underpriced last week. He's up to 7K this week. I still think he is a great play at 7K. He's going to see all the work. Um, He's going to see the checkdowns. He saw six targets last week, only caught two. One was a really nice touchdown where he caught it off his hip kind of on a wheel route up the seam from his running back position. So I really like Damian Williams. I'm going to go back to the Tyreek Hill well. I just think, you know, he, I mean, the last time that they played the Titans, um, it was a little bit of a shootout, and Hill went for 150-1. and one. He had a monster game. So did Kelsey. He went for 775-1. and one. So I think all these guys are in play. They'll all be part of my overweight core Um, in most of my lineups because I do think this game is going to see a ton of points. And then I think maybe the key to this game is, you know, landing on the right ancillary, the right secondary pieces in these offenses. So for the Chiefs, we have, you know, Mecole Hardman, Demarcus Robinson, um, Sammy Watkins. I don't have a strong feeling either way on any of them. Obviously, Watkins sees a bit more targets. So I think Having a little bit of ownership on him is is smart, but I think pivoting from Demarcus or excuse me, pivoting from Nicole Hardman to Demarcus Robinson is um, you know a, a game theory savvy move. You know everybody loves Nicole Hardman. He's the flashy guy. He gets the weird reverses. He gets uh, the downfield shots. Demarcus Robinson had four targets last week. Dropped two or three of them like he he ended up with one catch for a few yards but he literally could have had and I think it was like he was like a little bit skeeved in the moment because they were down 21 at that point and um you know it looked like the pressure was kind of getting to him I mean that's anecdotal obviously but I think if he sees those targets again this week he hauls in at least three of the four maybe all four and 
you know, for his salary, he could definitely um, pay off. And I mean, if he ever lucks into some touchdown variants, look out, he is probably going to five or six X that salary. So from the Titan side, um, obviously Derrick Henry is, I mean, I've been underweight on him the last two weeks and it's the reason that I didn't have as much success as I should have. Um, you know, my luck this week, I will be even with the fielder overweight on him and he will throw up a dud. I don't think this is the week though. Obviously the chiefs, um, run defense is one that we've targeted all season. They got a little bit better as the season went on, but man, Derrick Henry just can't be tackled. And it's, I think that narrative, you know, there's, there's a little bit of sauce to that narrative. Um, so I think I will be at least even with the field, depending on projections, um, on Derrick Henry, potentially overweight, but that'll probably be the only cheat or the only Titan that I'm overweight on. I don't love the rest of them. I think you can play Ryan Tannehill if you think this game is going to shoot out. Um, but you know, the volume just isn't there. I mean, it really wasn't there the last two games because they have just controlled the clock and given Derrick Henry every opportunity to succeed. But if you think the Chiefs are going to score at least a little bit in this game, then you could probably project Tannehill to get up to 20, between 22 and 25 attempts, which is insane to say that he hasn't even gotten there over the last few games. Um, but a stat that I dug up in this in his last three games where he got 25 attempts or more, he averaged almost 28 or 29 DraftKings points. So really, Tannehill is um, a really good play if you think the Chiefs are going to be able to efficiently move the ball and score on the Titans because then Tannehill will have to throw a little bit more. You know, that play action will still be there, and he'll be able to hit his receivers downfield. Um, A.J. Brown, man, he's down, way down in price, and... Like I said, if you're going to construct lineups with the game script that the Titans are going to need to throw the ball a little bit more because the Chiefs are scoring, I love that stack. Um, you know, a few weeks ago it would have cost you almost eight, fourteen, or fifteen thousand dollars of salary to roster those two. Now this week it will be just around ten or eleven k. Huge discount uh, for the potential. So I do like AJ Brown, and then. You know, it's really tough to pull the trigger on guys like Corey Davis, Tajay Sharp, because of the volume. Um, I do like Jonu Smith. I think two tight end lineups are definitely in play this week. Okay, let's move on to the 49ers and Packers. I mean, this one is in San Francisco. The line is also 7.5, 49ers favored, but much less uh, offensive production projected in this game with a 44-45 point total bouncing around a little bit. Um, the good thing about this game is that the Packers offense is fairly concentrated, right? I, I mean, we could take shots on Alan Lazard or Jimmy Graham. I think I'll have a little bit of them in my player pool. But most of the uh, the targets and rush attempts are going to funnel through Aaron Jones and Devonta Adams. I will probably set a rule that all my lineups have one of Adams and Jones. I don't think it's out of the question to have both in your lineup if you think the Packers are going to have a pretty solid offensive game. But I will probably set a rule when I'm scripting lineups. Normally, I, I uh, you know, I make 20 to 30 lineups. Um, actually, what I normally do is make about 30 to 50 lineups, depending on 
the amount of games on the slate and then go through and pluck the best ones I think out of those and then enter them you know I, I'm, I'm usually a, a 20 to 30 lineup type person uh, in different you know three maxes or uh, 20 maxes I usually don't usually don't do too much Millie maker or 150 max um, just because that's just not my style but I will probably have one of Aaron Jones or Devonta Adams in every lineup. And then on the 49er side of the ball, things are a little bit trickier. Um, obviously, the 49ers spread the ball out. They have a trio of running backs that will touch the ball, although I think Matt Breida has kind of been phased out. And it kind of came out that Raheem Mostert was sick all week. They didn't really put him on the injury report, made no mention of it. Um, but I think that was kind of why we saw Tevin Coleman really take over last week. Um, nice edge or leverage to be had there if you think Mostert uh, resumes his role that he saw before the playoffs began, which, you know, he was the lead back. I mean, you know, he wasn't getting a majority of the work. He was getting a plurality of the work, right? He's getting the most of the three uh, or the four backs that they were trotting out there, you know, in games where he was basically the only back healthy, he was seeing a ton of work, um, but he's, he looked explosive. I think um, he looked better than Temet Coleman at, in most inst- instances this year. So he is definitely in play, especially at how cheap he is. And if you want to, you know, if you're going to, if you believe the narrative that, you know, Coleman got all the carries because most of it was under the weather and we just didn't know that, um, then that is, you know, a pretty good spot for him, especially at his price. Coleman's all the way up to 5,700. Um, and he literally ran as good as it gets. You know, he got a ton, he got, he got the most carries he's ever had in his life. Um, and he needed them to get over a hundred yards and score, think Coleman will um, be very low owned by myself I'm not sure I don't know if recency bias is going to play a part in his ownership at all but I don't think that I'm going to have much Tevin Coleman I'll probably um, you know err on the side of Raheem Mostert uh, especially at their differing prices as far as the pass catchers go for the 49ers another instance where you know any it's just like, you know, pick your poison. I was all over Debo last week, didn't get it done. Um, I really think they all can have a great day. Uh, it's, Jimmy Garoppolo has done a good job of finding who's open. Um, I feel like George Kittle will get fed, and he's pretty cheap, so he will be in my player pool I mentioned earlier that I think, you know, a multiple tight end lineups, double tight end lineups are absolutely in play. Um especially Kittle and Kelsey lineups. So that will definitely be something that I don't exclude when I'm making my lineups, right? So you can you can check off who or what positions can go into the flex. I will not be checking off tight end, uh, meaning I will not be excluding tight end from the lineup generator. So that means I will probably get a few double tight end lineups in my mix of lineups. Uh, as far as the other receivers, you know, Emmanuel Sanders, he's been a li- he's been his range of outcomes has been much wider than Debo. Debo's kind of been a possession receiver. I know I always say this. He reminds me of Golden Tate. He is 
a you know a strong run after the catch type player, um, hard to bring down. Manny is more of uh, just has these monster games out of nowhere, and that's how he has treated the 2019-2020 season. Right, he's been like not heard from, not heard from, 150 in a touchdown. Not heard from, not heard from, 150 in a touchdown. So um, I think we could, you could play them both. I, I would be, I would um, use them sparingly. And um, as far as Jimmy Graham goes, or excuse me, Jimmy Garoppolo goes, you can obviously get him in your lineup due to his price, right? So the only reason Jimmy Graham, uh, I keep calling him Jimmy Graham. The only reason Jimmy Garoppolo um, is even a consideration in my mind is because of what he allows you to do, right? He might, like, you might be able to fit in Kelsey Kittle and Devontae Adams and Derrick Henry by dropping down to Jimmy Garoppolo and a few other really cheap value plays uh, at other positions. And if that could very well be the optimal lineup, um, even though Jimmy Garoppolo is not the top quarterback scorer, you may just have needed to get down to Garoppolo um, to get up to the other ceiling games from other players. So I'm not going to rule him out. Like I said, I'm probably going to have a little bit of every quarterback. Uh, But he's definitely not my favorite. I think the way you approach this game is, uh, you know, some slates there are some obvious value plays that you can go heavy on and then rotate the studs. I think the studs are pretty evident in this game and you can rotate all of the value plays. And what I mean by that is, I mean, if you look at this slate, like Devontae Adams pops out, um, Derrick Henry obviously pops out, Tyreek Hill pops out, Travis Kelsey pops out. I think those are the four guys that I think can change the slate with ceiling games. Um, And then, you know, there's some other ancillary pieces there that I think are in a great spot. Damian Williams, Tyreek Hill, um, Aaron Jones. But then the value is just all over the map. Last week, I thought the value was a little bit more clear. Like, Damian Williams was an absolute gem at 6K. Um, I thought Sammy Watkins was a really good play. I thought Alan Lazard was a very good play. I thought Debo Samuel was a very good play. And all at pretty cheap prices. So I went heavy on those guys and kind of rotated studs around them. Um, This week, I think I will have a pretty heavy exposure to the studs that I like and then kind of take dart throws on the cheap guys like Miko Hardman, Tajay Sharp, um, Emmanuel Sanders, Debo Samuel again, Alan Lazard again, probably maybe Jonu Smith. So those guys are the guys that I'm going to rotate around and have um, more of a sprinkling of the value plays and be a little bit more heavy on the studs this week. I wish you all the best of luck in your contests on Sunday. Make sure you let me know on Twitter how you did. I hope somebody hits a GPP. Also forgot to mention um, the XFL looks like they're doing some daily fantasy. DraftKings will be uh, starting XFL games on, I think they said February 8th. Maybe I'll have to get into that. Maybe I'll do a short podcast every week on some XFL games because, you know, the itch just remains. I know the season's over. I, I probably won't be writing much content, so I'll definitely be able to dive in and, and do a little XFL work if uh, if the people want it. We'll, we'll get it done. I'm sure the contest won't be crazy or anything, but it's always nice to just scratch an itch after the NFL season. I usually do it with 
golf and NBA and, you know, don't do as well as NFL. So that's, it's nice that football is coming back and, uh, you know, we'll have something to play while the NFL is on hiatus. All right. I'm about to go in the grocery store. Uh, I don't know what's going on here. I can't find a parking spot. It's noon on Friday. And I mean, I don't know if anybody works in this town anymore. There is not a spot to be had. I'm getting aggravated. So I'm getting out of here. Talk to you guys on Monday. Sun.